Amen. Well, we're going to continue in our series out of uh, Genesis primarily on the patriarchs, and I've asked Michael Hansen to share with us today. Woo. Let's hear it for Michael. Hey. Thank you, Mom. She's always so encouraging. How's everyone today? Whoa. Uh, you enjoying the mugginess? <laughs> That's sarcasm. Uh, can't end soon enough, but, uh, but it is nice to see all the green and the growth, etc. But as Danny was saying, um, we're, uh, we're in the, well, we're not even in the midst. We're, we're really still getting started on our, our Patriarch series. And, and today I'm going to be looking at Genesis uh, chapter 15. Before I get into that, uh, about three weeks ago I was, I was driving down to, I think it was down to Polaris, and uh, as I was driving down, at least two or three cars were, uh, uh, as I was driving, were riding right up on my rear end, like tailgating, and I'm looking at, you know, I'm going, man, I'm going over the speed limit, like, what do you want from me? And I don't know about you, but that bugs me. You know, if there's any, uh, any Bruce Coburn fans, I find myself humming, if I had a rocket launcher, if you know that song, but uh, I don't recommend it because it does have a bad word in it. Now, you're all going to search it, but... Uh, uh, but, you know, so I'm driving down to Polaris and oh, all these people, you know, in a hurry and whipping by me. And, and then I came to a four-way stop and I came and urch and like, you know, I don't know, two seconds later, urch, someone came up on this side. And as we all know, uh, at a four-way stop, first person goes first, right? So I didn't even look to my left. I just accelerated and went into the intersection. Well, uh, the lady that was, that was on the other side, well, she accelerated too. And I didn't, again, I wasn't looking and I drove. And as I got through the intersection, I heard this honk, honk, this, you know, and I looked behind me like, what's wrong? And as I looked back over my shoulder, uh, this young gal was driving, you know, had just driven through the intersection. Her window was down and she was screaming at me. And it must have been good because the hand gesture she was giving me was saying I was number one. So I, I'm assuming... I'm assuming, you know, but I, I won't tell you, I won't share with you the thoughts that went through my mind in, in the moment, because uh, they weren't very good, but as I, as I, you know, drove on from there and was just, you know, processing that, I, this, this question just came floating through my mind, and the question was, well, you know, how do we live in a stressed out world? And, uh, you know, you don't have to be, like, super observant to realize that we live in a very stressed out culture. I mean, I, I see it in the mirror when I look at my, I see it in my own home. I see it, you know, you probably see it a lot at work, in the, in the workplace. People are, are stressed out. We see it, of course, uh, uh, on the roadways as we're driving and when you're in the malls and shopping. And, and, and people are stressed. We're we're anxious, we're worried about, you know, just so much in our lives where we lack margin, you know, we're, we're, we're run ragged. Uh, the great theologian Leonard Cohen uh, said this, uh, he said, the blizzard of the world has crossed the threshold and it has overturned the order of the soul. Let me read that again. The blizzard, all the, you know, busyness of the world has crossed the threshold and it has overturned the order of the soul. You know, for, for probably most people, probably for most of us in this room, maybe not every day, but many days each week are like a, a, an emotional blizzard. It's just, you know, you just feel like you're blown around and you're disoriented and there's confusion and there's just, there's an incredible lack of, of peace and, and calm in, in our everyday lives and 
And so again, that question, and let me make it more personal for us as followers of Jesus. Okay, so then how do we live in a, in a stressed out world? And, and you, uh, the, uh, the title of my message this morning is In God We Trust. And I, I didn't entitle that because I'm feeling, you know, for patri- uh, patriotic reasons. But it's because, to me, that's how. That's how we live. That's, that's, that's a, a truth statement of, you know, in God we trust. Because I believe what makes us different as followers of Jesus, one of the ways that God uh, shines through you and I as we live out our lives and is, is how we respond to, to the stresses of life. And, 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 you know, what makes us different isn't that, it's, it's not that we don't feel the stress in life. It's not that we don't have days and weeks and months and years where you just feel overwhelmed and freaked out and just, you know, just... Just uh, really pressed in on all sides. That's not the difference. The difference is for us as followers of Jesus. It's it's where we run to. It's where we put our hope. It's it's in who we you know we put our trust. It's 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 where we go for comfort and for hope in the midst of the stress. Matthew six, uh, verse thirty one says. So, so do not worry, saying, "What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Or how are we going to pay that?" or you know what do we do in that decision or oh my child this or oh my parents I mean all the stuff of life don't worry about that for the pagans and when I say pagans that's 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 people who don't believe in God that's people who as they process life God's not in the equation for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them instead but uh, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So the difference for us and you know, the, the direction we're heading is that is, you know, in a stressed out world, it's, we're learning to constantly run life through this filter that God, he, he knows what we need. He knows, he knows what we need to live in this world. And what we're going to see today as we look at Abram, you know, uh, uh, is that he's at a place in his life where he's, He's stressed out. He's afraid. He's worried. There's something going on. And Abram has a choice. Okay, Abram, you know, where are you going to put your trust? Where are you going to look for hope? Where are you going to put your, your faith? And here's, here's the thing. You know, for, for, for us as followers of Jesus, uh, you know that you're walking in faith. You know that you're trusting in God, not, not by the absence of stress, but rather by the presence of peace in the midst of the stress. That's the difference. And that peace comes when we put our trust in God. So that's where we're going today. Uh, let's pray and then we will uh, we'll jump into Genesis 15. So let's pray. Lord, um, just thanks for a new day. Thanks that today is brand new and it's not just another Sunday, but this is a brand new day. Uh, I thank you that you're here with us. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you know each one of us. And I pray, I mean, you know what I'm going to say today. I, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to everybody in this room. That there would be something that just, just boom, just pierces the heart today. Lord, you, you're working in all our lives. And I pray that today you'd continue your work. So we just welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, so we have Bibles at the front. If you don't have a Bible and also at the back, please uh, uh, grab one if, uh, if you don't have one. Take it and take it home with you. 
But we're going to be looking at uh, Genesis chapter 15. And Genesis is the first book in the Bible. And chapter 15 is the 15th book in the book of Genesis. So I'm, I know I'm going deep right off the start. But stay with me. Okay. Genesis 15 verse. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 6. Here's what it says. It says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate, Eliezer of Damascus, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is, in, who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him aside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. So right off the top, verse 1, it says, After this. And, and, and when I look at that, to understand the context of, of what we're going to look at today, we need to know, okay, well, after what? After what? And so last weekend, JT looked at Genesis 14. And if you're familiar with that book or that chapter, you know that chapter 14 was a pretty eventful, pretty you know, action-packed uh, chapter. Um, Abram's uh, nephew, Lot, if you remember, these, you know, these kings gather together, they come down and there's, they, you know, they sort of attack and, and, they, and they kidnap his, his, his uh, nephew, Lot, take him off and, and then Abram finds out and he rallies his, you know, the, the men and they, they pick up their axes or whatever and they, and, they, and they go off and they whoop on these kings and they rescue Lot back and on their way back, and JT talked a lot about this, they, they, they meet up with this mystery man named Melchizedek and they have this, you know, this conversation uh, uh, with Melchizedek and this interchange. And then at the end of chapter 14, we see uh, Abram uh, really taking a stand. And what I mean is, uh, remember the king of Sodom comes to him and says, hey, you know, I want to give you all this stuff. And Abram just says no. And he, and he makes this statement. He says, you know, if anyone's going to make me rich, it's, it's, it's going to be God who will make me rich. And he takes a stand saying, no, my trust is not in you, king of Sodom. My trust is not in, the, in your you know, wealth. My trust is in God. So that brings us now to 15, where God says to him, after all that, he says, don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. And, and you know, when I look at that, that just that phrase, don't, uh, do not be afraid. I don't know about you, but I ask the question, well, what, what was he afraid of? What's Abram afraid of? And, you know, it, it doesn't tell us, does it? But my hunch is, and we don't know the timeline, but Abram was, was a guy. He's just, he was a human, just like we are. And coming off chapter 14 in his life must have been like an adrenaline-packed uh, uh, time in his life. And I don't know about you, but when I come down off a time of, you know, busyness and activity and adrenaline, there's just, there can be a real low, you hit, you know, like a low on the other end of it, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe Abram was sitting there going, what if those kings that I whooped on, what if they want to get revenge? What if they're, you know, just over those mountains and they're regrouping and they're going to come and attack me? Maybe that's what he was afraid of, or maybe he's, he's rethinking, what was I thinking and saying no to all, that, all those goodies? 
I mean, I could be, I mean, he was handing me, I mean, what was it, publishing clearinghouse or whatever? I mean, this was, I mean, he was getting the golden ticket there, all this stuff. I'd be rich. You know, well, maybe that was the wrong decision. I, oh, maybe I should have taken it, etc. But we don't know. We don't know why Abram was afraid. But here's the thing that we do know and what we really need to take note in how God was interacting with this man, Abram. We don't know what he was afraid of, but we do know that God, in the midst of all that was going on, was aware that his son, Abram, was afraid. That he was in tune with, with his son. And, and if you, in your notes, number one is, is that he knows, that God knows uh, and he cares. Like, when was the last time that you considered uh, uh, just this truth, that God, he knows what's going on in your life? I mean, when was the last time that you just kind of stopped and got quiet and just, and just started, uh, you know, really mulling and, and meditating on that truth that, that he is totally aware? Or when was the last time you drew, you know, drew comfort from that truth? Like, just think right now, right now, God knows exactly what you're feeling, right? He knows, he knows what you're feeling. Right now, God knows uh, uh, exactly what you're thinking. Now, for some of you, that may not be comforting. That might be a little frightening. Oh, I don't want him to know. I don't want him to know what I'm thinking. Uh, Psalm 139 says this. I mean, here's, here's a picture, a taste of how much God knows. It, it says in verse 1, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. I mean, that's a little, ooh. Before a word is on my tongue, you know what I'm going to say. Boy, I wish you'd grab my tongue sometimes and stop me. But, but I mean, let that sink in. That God is totally in tune with what's going on in, in all of our lives. And, you know, looking at Abram and knowing what was going on, and, and again, we don't know why, but, but just being sensitive to his son that he was afraid. God comes to him with such, such a comfort. You know, don't be afraid, Abram. What does he say to him? He says, I am your shield. And, and really what he's saying is, know, Abram, that whatever is going on, Whatever you're afraid of, whatever's you know, freaking you out, whatever is overwhelming you, whatever is pressing in on your life, know, Abram, that I stand between you and that thing. Abram, I am your shield. I'm your, I'm your protector. And you know, I'm convinced as, just as I walk through this life and get older and, and walk with Jesus, I'm convinced that one of the main uh, like battlefronts in our lives uh, where the enemy attacks you and I a lot is he's trying to rob us from that truth. He's trying to, 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 uh, to isolate us, to rob us from our position as God's kids. That he, he, he loves you. He's in tune with you. He knows you and he, is, he never leaves you. He never abandons you. That he's constantly, he's constantly standing between you and whatever's, whatever the enemy wants to throw at you, whatever this world wants to throw at you, that he's, he's trying to, uh, the enemy is trying to isolate us and get us to a point where, where as we're going through life, it's like, it's like, well, I'm sorry, but for you, you're just gonna have to face this alone. I mean, that's a frightening place. You're on your own. 
You're just going to have to figure this out. Um, last week, Helen and I were back in Vancouver. I don't know if you can see. I got some tan. I got a tan. <laughs> you can't see all my veins, <laughs> just the big ones. But um, and I had the privilege uh, last week of officiating the wedding for one of my nieces. I mean, you think I get emotional sometimes when I preach? Try to do the wedding of this. I'm standing there looking at this beautiful woman that I remember holding in my arms. It just was like I was a blubbering mess. But uh, they still got married. But, um, but as, we, you know, as we went through the ceremony and I did my little talk, uh, I don't know how much they heard. You know, I, they just... You know, she was just smiling all the time, and he was just sort of shaking all the time. He looked a little nervous. But, uh, but the thing that I said, and I felt like the Lord said, I want you to drive this home, is uh, I kept saying, uh, sort of in, in, in the talk, I kept uh, sort of beating the drum of you guys as individuals. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you have always been as individuals, and now as a couple, you will always be God's responsibility. I mean, I don't know about you, but that is incredibly comforting to me. So that I, that you, that we are his responsibility, that my kids, that, you know, people, people that are on your mind, relatives, parents, friends, that, you know, the country, the planet, I mean, some of you carry the planet on your shoulders, to know that it's, it's not your responsibility, it's his responsibility. I mean, if, if you look at, I don't know if you remember back in Genesis 12 when we kicked this series off. That's really the, the heart of the covenant, the promise that God made to Abram. It's just, Abram, you, you come follow me and I will look after you. He was inviting him into a relationship. Well, it's on me, Abram. You, you, know, you are my responsibility. And uh, Philippians 4.19, a, a very familiar verse says, And my God will meet all. All your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I mean, I know many of us know that, but sort of like what I said during worship, I mean, just stop for a second. I mean, that's, that's some pretty, like, uh, all-encompassing language. I, the promise is, I not only know what's going on in your life, I'm not only in tune with what you're feeling, what you're thinking, all the, you know, the whole, the whole package I'm not only in tune with it, but I am promising you, as my child, I'm promising to take care of you, to meet all your needs. So again, in this question, you know, the question of how do you live in a stressed out world, the, one, one of the things that makes us stand out, it's not that we don't have stress, it's that we have a place to run to. We have someone to run to who's not just an ATM, but he's a loving father, who is sown in tune with us, and, he's, and his promise to us is, I'm going to look after you. And you know what? And it's coming out of my resources. I'm the one that's going to look after you. So he's, he's speaking this, you know, he's got his, his boy Abram is afraid, and he says, I, you know, Abram, don't worry. I am your shield. And then he makes this statement. He says, and your very great reward. I am your very great reward. And uh, back in the beginning of my talk, I, I quoted out of uh, Matthew 6, where, where Jesus said that, you know, and, and don't forget, my father, my, you know, your heavenly father knows, he knows exactly what you need in this life. And it's like God is saying to Abram, hey, Abram, hey, I am aware. And as, and as important as your needs are, as much as, as your needs consume your life, 
Abram, you know what? What you really need is me. What you really need is, is to know how, uh, how much I love you. What you really need to, is you need to know that, that I've invited you into a friendship with me. And, and connected to me, you're, in, you're connected to the, to the most powerful one. You're connected to the smartest one, to the, to the richest one. And, and that's what you really need. That's what we really need. And, I, and this is reading between the lines, but it's like I can see him saying to Abram, you know what, you, you might not get that right away, that God is our great reward and what we really need. But, but Abram, and for us too, here's my, here's my promise that if you, as you walk this walk of faith, this walk of life, as you walk with me, Abram, uh, trusting in me, putting your hope in me, you're gonna, over time, you're gonna see that I really am your great reward, right? That I really am what you need in this life, way beyond anything that this world can offer you. And I don't know about you, but when I consider that, that God is, you know, God's what I really need, and, you know, he's the great reward, the treasure in this life, I go, I hear it, but it doesn't, it doesn't totally compute. Because I don't know about you, but I, I don't think I'm off in, in saying this, that there are things in my life that I am convinced, well, that sounds great, but what I really need is this over here. Right? I'm, I, I, I'm no, I know I'm not alone in that. That, you know, God, I don't know if you can see it from my perspective, but from, from my vantage point, if I could just get this job, or if I just had this amount of money, or if I just had this relationship, or, I mean, you, you, you fill in the blank. But, but li- listen, listen to this quote. It says, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. Isn't that great? You know, what I think he's saying in that is, uh, and, and, I'll, and again, I'll just speak for myself, is that I, I know that I, I have not clued in to just how rich I am uh, because I'm in Christ, because I'm in relationship with Jesus. Like I am convinced that I, I am really out of touch with, with the truth that saying yes to Jesus and being adopted into his family, that I have been adopted into the wealthiest family beyond anything you and I could ever imagine. Right? And you know, and, and, it, it, it's, and, I, and I know that, I'm, I, I, I know that that's true in my life because that, I know that that's what, what's offered to me, but I still run after so many other things. Like when we were back in Canada last week, uh, my mother-in-law, she lives, uh, she's like a five-minute walk from the Pacific Ocean. It's beautiful. You walk down, you know, it's a lot like Easton. It sort of reminds me of Easton. You kind of, you know, you come to this cliff and there's these steps, you know, going down to the ocean. And whenever I go back there every day, I'm down there going for walks. And, and as you walk along, you got the, you know, the Pacific Ocean on one side and you have all these beautiful multi-million dollar beach homes on the other side. And, I don't, and this may sound silly, 
but I know I'm not alone. I, I think this is a human thing. I, you know, as I was down there one day, I was walking along, and I was daydreaming, right? And see if, this, if, if you can relate to this. I'm, I'm walking along there, my mind's just kind of floating all over the place, and I'm looking at all these beautiful homes, and all of a sudden, this sort of fantasy floats through my mind. I thought, you know, there's, there's this one place right on the corner at this point that's just gorgeous. And I thought, you know, as I'm walking by it, I look at it, and this thought goes through my mind, wouldn't it be cool if some old guy came walking out of that house and came up to me and said, hey, 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 young man, young man, or younger than me, young man. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I might as well get used to it. But, you know, wouldn't it be cool if he came out and said, I want to give you my beach house. Right? I mean, does anyone else fantasize about things like that? Good, I'm not alone. So I'm walking down and go, man, that would be cool. I mean, I'd keep it for a while, then I'd sell it. It's worth millions, you know, and I'm going on. And all of a sudden, clear as a bell, it's like God uh, just totally intersected my thoughts. And he said, Michael, never forget, and this is in your notes, when you have me, you have everything. When you have me, when you're in relationship with me, when you, when you recognize that you're my boy and I'm your father, when you have me, you have everything. And that's the key. This whole thing of trusting God, this whole thing of living in a stressed out world, that's the difference. Is that we, this whole thing of faith, that we choose to believe that we have all we'll ever need uh, because of him. Because of our connection to him. And just think about it. The Bible makes it so clear that nothing, nothing we go through in this life, not even death, can separate us from him. Nothing can separate us from his love, from his riches, from his power, from whatever the need. There's nothing this side of heaven that, that, can, that can rob us from our, our position as his kids and, and him as his father. But here's the thing, and here's, here's the rub, and here's that... That faith thing that's so hard in this life. And, and Abram struggling with the same thing is when I hear that, and that sounds wonderful, but my circumstances, unfortunately, point, point the other way. So Genesis uh, uh, verse 2, Abram hears that, and you know, I'm your shield, I'm your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, uh, uh, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. And, you know, what I see in that is Abram's, you know, he's in that hard place of going, well, how is that going to happen? I mean, you know, like, like look at us, God. Look at, look at me. Look at Sarah. Look at my, I mean, we're, we're well beyond our childbearing years. I mean, what, what can you do? And it says this in your notes that Abram is limiting God. And here's what I mean. He's, Abram is trying to force uh, God and God's plans through the bottleneck of what Abram has to offer. Right? It's like he's looking at God's heavenly plans through earthly lenses. They just don't, they just don't, it, it, it doesn't compute. And, you know, one of the things that I love about God is that, uh, is that, like, he made us. He knows our weaknesses. I mean, he sees you know, all our strengths, all our weaknesses, all our limitations, what we're capable of and what we're not capable of. And as he uh, invites us into tasks, when he says, come follow me, I've got this for you. I want you to go do this. I want you to go say that. I want you to give this or go there. When he does that, 
uh, he is so aware that we don't have what it takes to do what he's asking us to do. But he's not asking us to figure out how to do it. He's asking us, all he's looking for is our yes. Okay, I'll do it. That step of faith. And I remember, I vividly remember, uh, years ago, years ago, the first time I led worship in front of a, a church. I'd led worship uh, in small groups. And, and this was back in Canada. This was at a vineyard church just outside of Vancouver. And it was, it was a, uh, this is, well, I guess back in the late 80s, early 90s, <laughs> when uh, God was just doing something really special in that church in the area of worship. And we literally had people coming from around the world to experience what, what God was doing. And so we had these just incredible worship leaders. And I can remember the night before I was going to lead, I was like sick to my stomach. I was so nervous. I was, I was feeling incredibly insecure and afraid. And all I could think of was all the reasons why, oh no, like I do not have what it takes to do this. I was comparing to the, you know, the other people and, and just a sense of, well, maybe I'll get hit by a truck. Or, you know, but, it, but it was just, I was so overwhelmed with, with all the reasons why I shouldn't do it. And, and that night, our, our small group had gathered, and I remember uh, uh, just sharing that with the group, and they said, hey, well, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna pray for you, and they gathered around, and I, and I vividly remember this one woman, uh, as they were praying, she just, as clear as a bell and with gusto, she said, Michael, what you need to know, what the Lord wants you to know is that all he needs you to do tomorrow is just show up. You just get there. Put your guitar, strap your guitar on and walk up in stage. You can just pass out after that if you want. But, but no, he didn't say that. But, it's, but all I need from you is to step into it. Just show up. And like if you're a Keith Green fan, remember the song? And then he'll take care of the rest. And, and I'm convinced that so much of following Jesus, so much of this, you know, this walk of faith, it's that. It's stepping into places where we go, oh, I don't know what I'm going to say. You know, going to your neighbor, going to a family member, you know, someone at work, someone that's like making decisions. I'm not, you know, like it's so much of just stepping into it when you're so aware of, of how little, you know, of the lack inside of you. And, you know, a verse comes to mind uh, in our weak, weakness, what? His strength is made perfect. And I am convinced that that God shines through you and I the most, the brightest, when we are stepping out in faith. When we're stepping into areas that we are so aware that we don't have what it takes because it, it just makes, it, it just, it's, it, it creates an opportunity for God to go, I got this. Now watch what I'm gonna do as you step out in faith. Philippians 2 uh, verse 12 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to oh, step into all those areas that God is calling you into as his child. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. I mean, what a sweet deal. He's not saying, come on, figure it out. I want you to change the world. I want you to, you know... So, you know, feed all the children of the world, uh, get to it. And I mean, I mean, that's not what he's saying. He's, 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 he's just saying, uh, will you just take my hand and follow me? Will you step into us? And that, our stepping into it is, and this is number four in your notes, that's, 
That's our responding in faith. And here's something I love about God in this, in, in just how he works with us. We, we don't have a slide for this, but uh, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, what does it say? Verse 8, uh, it says, for, for it is by grace that we have been saved through what? How do, we, how do we grab that? Through faith. And where does that faith come from? It says, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. I mean, what a sweet deal. I'm going to say, I want you to go do this, and by the way, all I'm looking for from you is, okay, God, I see what you're calling me into, and I want to do it, but I don't want to do it, but I, I kind of do want to do it. And God goes, yep, I can work with that. <laughs> like, because I think, and this has just popped in my mind, I think for many of us, the resistance we feel, the fear we feel stops us from stepping into it. But like, come on, we're humans, we're stepping into things that are, are God's plans. So of course we're going to be nervous. Of course it's going to be overwhelming. But we need to learn to step into that. And that's this whole faith thing, this, this responding by faith. So let's get back to Abram. He said, oh, I don't think it's going to work. Look at me. Uh, then verse 4 says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man, Eliezer, will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if, you, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. It's like God goes, hey, Abram, I hear your concerns, and uh, yep, you, uh, you are very limited. In fact, if I were to be honest with you there, Abram, you're way more limited than you realize. But don't forget who's talking to you. I am God. I can do anything. I mean, you're talking to the one who with just words said, stars, poof, planets, poof, you know, apple trees, poof, hockey, poof, right? <laughs> that's why, and that's why I worship. No, but, right, look who you're talking to, or look who's talking to you. Uh, so let me remind you of, of my plan to make you an old man and an old woman long beyond your childbearing years. I picked you. Let me remind you of the plan. I'm going to make a great nation out of you, and I'm not asking you to figure out how. I'm just asking you to trust me and to take my hand. And, you know, I wish there was more, and then Abraham, you know, thought this and considered this and pondered this, but it goes right to verse 6. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. He listened to, a, to the plan and said, okay, okay, I trust you. But now we know the story, don't we? This, this decision to, okay, I trust you, I believe you, it wasn't just a one time he did it, and now he was off and running, because we know there's a lot of little detours, and we'll get to those as we go through, the, through this series. But, but we need to realize that just like Abram kept coming back to that intersection of who are you going to trust, it's the same for us, and we shouldn't be put off by that. That's not failure to be back there. That's human, to be back at the intersection of, well, I don't know who I'm going to trust, right? Where you're standing at that, you've you got choices to make, and I mean, it's like, who are you going to trust? You're going to trust in you? Like, do you want to put your trust in your abilities? Do you want to put your trust in your bank account or, you know, or, in, or in statistics or the, you know, the... The, you know, the, the people, the professionals, or like who are you going to trust? And that's an intersection that we keep coming back to of where will we trust? And, you know, Abraham says, yes, I believe you. And God, you know, credited him to righteous, uh, as righteousness. Really, it's like God looked at his response, his, his, his step of faith, and just, and just rewarded his faith. 
and just rewarded, like uh, poured out on him all the covenant blessing uh, that, that he'd promised to him. And, and again, what he rewarded wasn't anything Abram did. He didn't earn anything. All he did is said, okay, I believe you. And God's like, yeah, that impresses God. That impresses God, a yes to, to what he's called us into. And you know, faith, faith is not a feeling. It's because our feelings, I don't know if, if you're like this, but my feelings are up, down, all over the place. So faith's not a feeling. Faith isn't something that we have to drum up. It's, it's really, faith is, and this is in your notes, faith is joining God in his purposes. It's, it's as God reveals to us, here's what I want you to do. It's faith is stepping into what God is, has invited us into. And, uh, uh, you know, do, here's what I'm doing. Do you trust me? Will you follow? And, you know, will you align your plans with my plans? Will you, faith is aligning our desires with, with his desires. It's, it's aligning our prayers with what's, on, what's on, on his heart. And, I mean, Danny mentioned this earlier. And, and by the way, we're not giving away 20% of our tithes and offerings for the year, I think he said. That sort of made me nervous when I heard that. It's for the month. <laughs> but, but you know what? Two weeks ago, we sent a check for $30,000 to Nepal. And it's during a time, we're not in crisis mode, but things are a little lean right now financially in the church. And, and so did we do that? I mean, why did we do that? Why did we make that decision? Is it because we're like, we're trying to twist God's arm? Like, hey, hey, look at us, look at us. You know, we're trying to earn something from him. Look at us, we're being generous. Now we're hoping you respond in kind, uh, in a bigger kind, if you will. I mean, it's, it's, you know, why are we doing that? You know, we're doing that because we totally believe God told us to. God, God you know, shared his heart with us. He gave us, he gave, opened our eyes to see what he's doing. There's a crisis in Nepal. There's, there's an incredible need in Nepal, and the news has moved on. But the need is still there. And God's inviting us into it. We have brothers and sisters that we're going to be shoulder to shoulder with in heaven that right now have no food and don't have homes to live in. They have, their churches are destroyed. And, and, and all we did was we looked at it. We thought, ooh, you want us to give how much? But God was saying, will you trust me? And we decided, yes, you better believe it. We trusted you. We joined God in his purposes. And you know, if you want your faith to grow, that's the only way to make it grow. There's no pill you can take. There's no conference or book you can read. I mean, I wish I could just read the faith book and whoa, super guy on the other side. It doesn't work that way. The only way to do it, it's, it's these little steps of joining God in what he's calling you into in your life and in your sphere. Um, uh, remember the story, and, I, and I'll end with this. Remember the story where Jesus and the disciples, Jesus is teaching and there's just this huge amount of people. Remember, there's like 5,000 men and it's not even counting the women and the children and the pets. You know, it's just all these, this massive humanity and, and Jesus, and he knows what's going on. Jesus, he looks at all these people and then he looks at the disciples and, you know, they all have little usher badges on. And he looks at the disciples and goes, hey, hey, you guys, these people look hungry. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's break it up, right? It's time to go. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a white castle just over the hill. But uh, Jesus goes, hey, no, I want you guys to feed them. And I could just imagine if I was there, because I tend to talk a lot, I would probably say, what? you got to be kidding me. 
You look at all these people. There's no way. And, you know, you're asking us to do something that's impossible. And then Jesus goes, oh, you know, I'm just trying to invite you into what I'm doing. But, but wait, I, I want to give you something to work with. And he takes a little boy's lunch and he breaks up five loaves of bread. And, and we're talking buns, not loaves. And, 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 and two little fish. And then 12, these 12 big men, he divvies it up. And they're looking like, don't sneeze or it's gone. Right? There's just this little bitty going, Here, here's what you have to work with. Right? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to step into what I'm asking you to do? And I don't know about you, but what, what, I would, what, I would, what I would prefer is I'd love to have like three Kroger semis in the parking lot full of food, and then I will trust you. Lord, I will, I will do as you've asked me to do. Bring on the trucks. You know, it's like, but that's not how it works because that wouldn't be faith. Right? Faith is looking at what God has called you into, looking at what you have, and, and, and then stepping out in faith with that. And, and you know the story. Everyone eats. Everyone gets fed. But here's my question is, uh, when did the food multiply? Right? When did it multiply? When did the miracle happen? When did God flex his muscle and, and provide? Well, I'm, I am convinced it happened as they gave it away. They went up to the first guy and their gal or whatever and said, well, please just take a little bit. And they took a little bit and boop, whoa. See, and, and, and that's, what, that's what we've been called into. It's stepping out when we, we are so inadequate. It's faith. It's responding in faith. It's what Abraham constantly was saying. Am I really going to trust him? And I, you know, as I look at this room and, and knowing lots of you, I know there's so many things going on, so many needs, so many challenges, so many areas in our lives that can be real stressors and just freaker outers. But God today is inviting us into this place of trusting him, of trusting him in the midst of those, of those challenges. Why don't we stand up? Adam, you want to come on up? Let's just, uh, we've got a little bit of time this morning. Let's just wait, let's just quiet ourselves for a little bit. Lord, we just welcome you here. And Father, I'm, I'm convinced that it, uh, even as I've been speaking, I can just see it. You've just been working. You've been whispering in people's ears. You've been tapping people on the shoulder. You've been poking areas. And just, there's just been so much activity in this room of your activity. And I, I just pray you tune us into you right now. Just tune us into you and to your invitation. Like, do you realize who, who's inviting you? Do you realize who I am? Do you realize how safe you are with me? How covered, how cared for, how protected you are with me? So just come, Lord. Come and uh, just come close to us this morning. And uh, here's, here's what I, uh, just some thoughts that I have. I, I, uh, I just, I really believe there's people here that, and, and, and I don't know if I'm going to articulate this well, but there's, you have dreams. And, and, and I don't just mean like, like my dream is to still play in the NHL and that, <laughs> that dream is long gone, but I still dream about it. But, uh, but you have these things that maybe it was when you're a little boy, little girl, maybe in your teens, maybe in the last week, there's, there's things that God has whispered to you. This is what I have for you. 
and the enemy and life. It's, it's like, he, he, like he has tried to rob you of that. And I just feel like today God wants to ignite those flames again. There's things that he's invited you into and they may be just close to home. They may be in another country. But I, I want to encourage you, if that's you, God wants to, wants to fan that flame in your heart today as we, as we end off with prayer. I also had a sense that, that there's people that just life has, has, uh, uh, has eroded your faith. That you're just, you just feel like you got nothing. And God wants to come. That, you know, it's his gift. He wants to give you a gift of faith today to encourage you and to lift you up, to refresh you. Um, I also had a sense, and this was uh, uh, last week as I was praying, that there are people here today that you are not sleeping at night because you are overwhelmed with anxiety and fear. Guilt for the past, fear for the future, and God wants to comfort you. He wants to meet you right in that place and, and, and encourage you. And then there was one other thought, and, and then we'll, we, we'll have a time to pray, is I felt that there were people here today that you're in business, and God wants to, there's, there, you got something, maybe even this week, there's something going on at work that you really need help with. You really need wisdom for the decision or the problem, whatever. And, and God wants to give you wisdom today. You know, I grew up, my dad's a mechanic and he's 81. He still fixes people's cars. And I remember long before they had diagnostic tools to plug a car in, you just had to figure it out, right? And I can remember as a little boy, back then it seemed weird to me, but now I look back on it and it just blows me away. My dad would get up in the morning and I can remember at the breakfast table, he'd, and he, I don't know why he did this, but he would go, God showed me last night how to fix that car. So if you're in business and, and if that hits home with you, he wants to show you what to do in that situation. So just, uh, Adam's gonna lead us in a song. Just come forward, God, come to Jesus. He wants to meet you today and, and, and you know the drill. As people come forward, uh, let's just have folks come up, gather around them and just put a hand on their shoulder and just bless what God's doing. So just come forward and then we'll, then we'll end off the service. And again, as folks come up, guys praying for guys, gals for gals, let's just take some time to just bless what God is, is doing in, in each other. So. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. Here in your love, here in your love. There's no place I'd no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. But here in your love, here in your love, to set a fire down in my soul. I can't contain that I can't control. I want more of you, Lord. I want more of you, Lord. To set a fire down in my soul. Can't contain that I can't control. I want more of you, Lord. I want more of you, Lord. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. There's 
no place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love. No place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. And here in your love, here in your love, set a fire that I can't contain, that I can't control. And I want more of you, God. I want more of you. Lord, that's that's our prayer. Uh, we want more of you. We want we want to be more in tune with who you are, more aware of just how great you are, more aware of how close you really are. How concerned, how committed, how uh, uh, just in tune with us you really are. I pray today, especially for those that feel alone in life. I just pray that you would uh, just this week, as we, uh, you would just drive home that truth every day, every moment of the day that I am with you. I'm with you. And when you're with me, you're, you have everything. You have everything you'll ever need. Lord, teach us how to depend on you. I just pray this week for lots of opportunities to, to make a choice. And, and I pray you'd make it real clear to us who you're going to choose, who you're going to trust right now, where you're going to run to for comfort, where you're going to run to for hope, Lord. Just, uh, I just commit this whole week to you. Lord, keep us in step with you. Keep us walking with you. Thanks for today. Thanks for your presence. Thanks for all you're doing in this room. All the ways you're coming close and loving on us and healing us and encouraging, challenging, convicting. We welcome all that you're doing right now. All right. We just thank you for who you are and the privilege of being your children. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're getting prayer, don't feel like you have to rush for the rest of you. Uh, uh, I think we have a fundraiser. We have a burrito breakfast thingy. Uh, everything's healthy. Everything's glutton-free. Uh, but check that out. We also have sign-up for VBS. And if you're interested in getting baptized, it's out the doors to your right to the uh, nursery. But bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next weekend.